1: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles International, right here on Tojanette and Pararex Radio. That's if Roy has turned on Pararex. Hey, I'm Ron Kolek, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. With me, all the way from the land of shale, is the gold standard in ghost hunting steve parsons
0: the land of where sorry shale
1: shale shale don't you did you ever produce shale there uh no really Wales never did that's that's new news to me uh
0: it's a big producer of slate
1: same thing no it's not sure it is shale slate no it's not yeah if you say so close enough do you know how many might work
0: do you know how many roofs in New England are uh, clad with Welsh slate? I do not. Do you? Uh, not, not the precise number, no. But well, uh, why are you asking then? Well, I thought you might know because I was reading about the slate mining industry in Wales a few few months ago and discovered that so much of it was exported to uh, North America and particularly New England and uh, roofed the uh, clad the roofs of many notable buildings.
1: Yeah, well... A lot, of,
0: a lot of the big mills and things were... I
1: gave were... you a, a piece of shale, and you were going to let me know if it came from Wales.
0: Uh, yeah, we didn't really make any progress with that, I'm afraid. Oh, bummer. Too bad. Unfortunately. It's, uh, it's fairly generic, and, um, but, yeah, a lot of slate uh, ended up that side of the Atlantic. Uh, Wales was the world's largest slate producer in the 19th and early 20th century, so it's hardly no. surprising. Really? Yeah. Huh. When Britain was great.
1: Still is. <laughs> as soon as they can yeah. find out their way out of Betwix.
0: It, yeah, it's. Um, I think. Yeah, they've just got down to this routine now of uh, every every other day they just all vote no to everything.
1: Yeah. That's Doesn't matter the what it is. They figured their the way no out now. of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll just keep voting no.
1: Yeah. Not our oh.
0: That'll do it. Not to do with us. Yeah, so uh, yeah, how how very it's a very strange week uh, because of that in the UK, um, yeah. and our weather's gone peculiar as well. Got New England weather. Well, Yesterday right. we were all in T-shirts, and today it's snowing.
1: Yeah, we're getting an easter tomorrow.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, proper New England weather. So uh,
1: anyway, yeah, very bizarre. Did you know? And and I was looking at some some of the strange things because we talked a little bit about them on um, on Monday show. In 1929, researchers at Princeton University claimed that they have turned a living cat into a telephone. (laughs) I wonder if that's EVPs.
0: I'm sorry. Did you say a living cat into a A telephone?
1: A living cat turned into a – I'm going to have to Google this to find out. (laughs) That's all I have for a headline. In 1929, researchers at Princeton University claimed they have turned a living cat into a telephone.
0: Okay, um... <laughs> what do you got to say to that? <laughs> if, that the, if that isn't the most paranormal thing I've heard for many a long day... <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> no, I mean, I know cats are, um, you know... Uh, yeah. Straight yeah. and bizarre. i trying to explain any of that. Yeah. I have no clue. You can't, can you? It's just like one of those... Um, yeah, cat into a telephone. Hmm. Why hmm. is the question? <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it's like not even of, so much how, but why. <laughs> it's like, no, it's like it reminds me of these. uh Have you ever seen these YouTube videos where like failure videos?
1: Um, yeah, yeah. Is it, and you think
0: what was going through that person's mind when they started it and thought that they could do what they were about to fail at doing? Yeah. And I'm guessing this is kind of in that same category. Somebody must have sat down one day and thought to themselves. I'm going to turn that cat into a telephone.
1: Yeah, Lou Lou from The Morning Show always has this theory, the the second man theory. He can understand how somebody could come up with a cockeyed idea, but who the hell was the one that agreed with it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Turn a cat into a phone. (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, I think a lot of that goes into the paranormal and the supernatural world, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. we see that a lot, I mean, and, and it's spreading. I mean, we've done the flat Earth thing to death, but I mean, there is a good example of. Yeah, let's not do that it's, it's so Let's not do that again. But you know, the, I mean, there is a good example of how how, how uh, bad 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 information or disinformation or when it's plausible because you know I've watched. I, some of these videos, they're uh, not just those videos about the earth being a strange shape, um, but but many of these implausible facts like man didn't go to the moon and there's a, a double decker London bus on the rear on the backside of the moon. And there's a Nazi <laughs> base in in Antarctica. And you think to yourself, you know, if you watch some of these videos that the. the because they're wrapped up in pseudoscience and because they use uh, a, a, mod, a smattering of, of genuine fact.
1: They that, just that, throw a little bit of scientific terms at it and, and make yeah, it to, and, Yeah,
0: and, they, and they, they use a little bit of fact. Like, for example, we couldn't have gone the, onto the moon because of the Van Allen belts. Well, of course, the Van Allen belts exist and they are a problem, but a problem that was surmounted in, 19, in the 1960s. Right. Uh, and But they use that tiny piece of, like, science or that that fact, and then that drags you into this um, web. Well, that's what
1: happens, right? Somebody (laughs) comes up with a a theory or a thing. I mean, for instance… During the Dark Ages, of course, you know, the, the cats were associated with witchcraft. The they, they assumed they ate it all uh, the deaths were a result of that, and they went around killing all the cats, which, by the way, would have reduced it because they kill the freaking rats that were spreading the disease with the, the fleas and stuff. So it's like, ugh,
0: oh, unbelievable. Yeah, you see, and that set back, that, that set back mankind's um, development as well because if, you know, if there had been more cats, we probably would have invented the telephone sooner. Yeah. And then from the telephone, of course, came radio and the internet. And, you know, well, I mean, we could have been like in the 23rd century by now if they hadn't killed all the cats. Yeah, it's true.
1: Uh, do you but know you what know the shortest.
0: Is... Go on. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'll let you finish.
1: No, do you know what the shortest. I've just got some crazy facts I just want to bring out. I didn't I, I didn't know if you were going to go, go far, for it. Go for
0: it. No, you go for it. I'll do you know what crazy. the
1: shortest war in history was? Uh No. You're going to love this one. This was the. Angelo Zimbazi, Zanzibar War. It lasted 38 minutes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you know there's... Um, there's a there's I have a co- no idea. I wish there was there's more on it... this. It's driving me nuts. <laughs> you know, there's, a town, there's a town in Britain, I think it's Hull um, yeah. on the east coast, and they're still officially at war with Russia. Oh, they are? Yeah, uh, so, it's some quirk, and it means that they're still officially at war with Russia because when the, when the uh, treaties were signed... Either they got left out, or something. But they're, yeah, they're still officially at war with uh, with Russia, and huh. this dates back to the Crimea.
1: <laughs> wow, there's some weird stuff out there. Like, well,
0: I mean, the, you, we have a load of really archaic. It's probably the same in America. We have a uh, certainly in the UK, we have a load of archaic rules and laws. For oh, yeah. example, I, yeah, um, there are certain parts – in certain uh, towns and cities in Britain. Um, if you catch some – like, for example, Chester, which is on the border between England and Wales. Mm -hmm. uh, If you catch a Welshman inside the city walls of Chester after midnight, you can slay him with a bow and arrow. If you just happen to have one handy. If you just happen to have (laughs) one (laughs) handy. And and, other things, there are still – if you go to London and some of the the major cities like Liverpool and Manchester, Glasgow, uh, you will see some of the – Taxi drivers, the black, the black, the famous British black cabs and on the on the rear shelf, the parcel shelf, uh, they will have a small, uh, very small uh, bundle of uh, hay and uh, a a small uh, container of water because uh, one of the archaic. Uh, thing, uh, rules for taxi or hackney carriages uh-huh. which these are, are derived from is that they must at all times have a supply of water and adequate hay for the horse really? and nobody ever thought to revoke it so you, there are drivers that still carry these archaic examples of our rules and laws Right, and I'm sure America's got plenty of examples too
1: Oh, yeah, we, we did. We talked about that. We went through all the crazy laws. In fact, I did on last Wednesday's show and my guests failed to turn up and uh, I went on. But um, the interesting thing about uh, some of these things that, yeah, they were still in the book. But anyway, um, there's another unusual thing here. And this is you ever heard of this? You might know this. The curse, oh, no, i K-L-E-R-K-S-D-O-R-P K L E R K S D O R P Spears. What? Did you ever hear those? No. According to this, it's uh these strange objects that were dug up near Otto Otostal in South Africa. The spherical objects are billions of years old, and no one has been a- fully been able well, to. were these, ast- these
0: little um falls? Think, yeah, these that lie in the little lion little balls of like iron type material
1: and they got markings on the side
0: i know that well they've got like a ridge around the middle haven't they yeah 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 Yeah, just, yeah, you, yeah, you've heard I about just, those i yeah i i i didn't know the name that was all um yeah but
1: this probably there's, even but, if you did know it the way i pronounced it i'm sure you wouldn't know it afterwards anyway
0: possibly because that sort of stuff fascinates me these out of tie or out of place artifacts yeah Um, The hammer that was found – it was in Ohio, wasn't it, in 400-million-year-old coal or something. They found uh, a hammer, um, a well-preserved iron hammer. The, yeah. uh, but there are a bit, I mean, there are some... You're what, going to, to be very what about careful.
1: the computer there in uh, Greece they found in the water? What's that called? The Akeleni- oh, the
0: Antikythera Antichyther- the mechanism. There it is, the Antikythera mechanism. Well, that's not really out of place. That's just, we didn't realize that the Greeks had... Uh, we knew that they could, uh, because it's been examined by scientists. In fact, they've recreated a working version of the Antikythera mechanism. And w- what they... Dis- I mean, is it was so well known...
1: Do, so it's, in, it's all encased and... and...
0: Well, they did but, it with X. Ex- they, no, yeah, they, they did it with X-rays. Yeah, yeah, and then they were able to recreate it. Um, but what the what they, I mean, that that is an example of a piece of where we didn't appreciate just how advanced uh, technology had become because the Greeks had um, a, what were they called, automata. And gears and the screw thread, and all manner of things, yeah uh, they,
1: they were very big on theater, and they used those in theater
0: exactly and what this was, what this turned out to be is, is, is a very complicated version of a navigation computer um, but i 'm talking about stuff that really shouldn't be shouldn 't be there, uh, not frogs in rocks and or toads in rocks, but examples <laughs> of human you know you 've got these human footprints intermingled with dinosaur footprints. Mm-hmm now it it sounds and seems crazy, but when you actually look at the geology and the geography of the planet, um, I was reading uh, last year I think it was that the earth's crust, the upper surface, the bit we live on, the sort of top few hundred mm. few hundred meters uh, renews itself every uh, with with some exceptions, but renews itself around about every one hundred to two hundred thousand years yeah. and this scientist had actually written. He was he was a, a geologist, and he'd actually written that had there been a an existing civilization akin to ours in in terms of its ability and technology, all trace of it would now have disappeared, because the well
1: it wouldn't have been akin to ours then, because they would have had satellites.
0: No, I, I'm talking about in terms of um, you know a, a well developed culture, Right. Um, not as advanced as yeah. ours. Well, maybe not, but a well advanced culture nonetheless that had yeah. cities and roads and transportation and all trace of it would now have disappeared uh, because the, the where it was built would have been recycled. So yeah, the crust, rather like you know, yeah, that
1: being have... said, though, would there be
0: more evidence? I would think. That... Well, I would imagine so, but we do have these out of out of place artifacts,
1: right? Um, They're out which, of plus because we can't explain them. That's... that's...
0: Well, how else does a hammer... Unless it's... A, I mean, that what the, the most bizarre... or oh, the most recent no, what, one that I'm aware of is that uh, Swiss watch that came out of China that was supposedly like a 1,000 years old. Um, but when they when they looked at it, it turned out to be a free, uh, complete fake and a fraud. Yeah, that's a so uh, that. You know, and... Mm-hmm. But there are nonetheless... There are examples within a lot of museums. In fact... There's a there's a fantastic site that looks at um, the stone artifacts and the stone carvings in, in mm-hmm. the museums of ancient of Egypt and Cairo, particularly Cairo. And when you look at the, uh, there is no other way to describe what you're seeing is a uh, machine board or machine cut uh, marks. There are there are holes that you can only be done by a Bladed device, like a modern you know right. uh, diamond saw, right, uh and yet they exist, they're in the museums, they're usually shoved to the back well, as...
1: that's the thing is though Steve is that we say they can't exist, but maybe there is some natural process where these things can be preserved in such a way that they seemed older than ever or are seemed uh you know, ancient or out of place when in reality it's just some natural phenomena. Uh maybe a a, a type of a black hole phenomena where objects when I mean, we all we all have this thing where we have an object and it disappears in our house and we don't know where the hell it is. Yes, it's a lot of it's attributed to old age, but sometimes we still can't explain it. And maybe it's that's some type of a, a dimensional travel or a black hole or or something that it slides into the past. I mean, we, we don't know. I mean, that's that's a long, crazy theory, I give you that. But-
0: uh, It's an interesting theory, I'll give but, you that.
1: But we don't know. Uh, that, that's the thing, as of now, they seem out of place. But there may be a time when we realize that, okay, this is how things are being done. I mean, we, we talk about this so many times uh, of things that were accepted in a past as, as a scientific fact, a, a no longer scientific fact. Uh, because we we look we learn more uh, about way things work or how the universe works or uh, whatever, and uh, we we find yeah, out that we but, we're, but we're I'm doing not
0: talking. Yeah, I mean it's as good as any other. But I'm actually talking about genuine, not stuff that shouldn't be there. But what I'm talking about is in the museum in Cairo, Egypt. Yes what, yes. what they have is stone carvings that are that are dated because the hieroglyphs yeah, I, are on them. Yep. And these stones have been, to all intents and purposes, machine cut, machine mm-hmm. worked, right. and there is, you know, obviously, the Egyptians. They can date had, the stone, but they can't date the cut.
1: Uh. You can't date the cut. You can only tell it was done by a machine tool versus a thing. You can't, like, carbon date it, because, first of all, it's not carbon. And, second of all, you know, you can't do it uh, through um, uh, radiation either. Uh, not the cuts. You can do the material, but not the process of doing it.
0: Yes, I agree with that. But. Um... Notwithstanding experts who've looked at it will will still say and I'm not talking about the the weird experts like von daniken i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about genuine experts in mm-hmm. ancient Egyptian carvings and um hieroglyphics and obelisks and all that sort of stuff. They say that these are of the period mm-hmm. um or, or 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 basically don't uh, they disregard these these now, in some respects, the carving, which is datable, uh, in terms of the, the content. So, the oh, hieroglyphs
1: you can, you can, yeah. yeah I, so the cartouche
0: yeah. would refer directly to a particular person or event that's datable. Now, in some in some instances, these um, carvings actually uh, work around the cut. So the cut must have pre-existed the carving huh.
1: now, well, I'll
0: just try that one. <laughs> well, what, I mean, what they've done is they've, they've cut the stone and then they've carved with respect to um, the, the, the cuts in the stone. So they've actually sort of gone around these things or, and they've also got the, uh, it's, it's something that's, that's, I, I, I think that, you know, I, I'm not saying that we we were ever visited by aliens. I think that's an easy mm-hmm. cop out. Yeah. What I, what, I, what I what I
1: do? It's like saying everything's a ghost or everything's paranormal.
0: Well, yeah, but what I do think is that we don't give ourselves as human beings quite the credit we deserve.
1: Yes, and I agree with you on that totally. You know, and people we, say we talked about that before, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: we can't build, We couldn't build pyramids, and we couldn't do this and right. Yeah. And we couldn't sail to – I mean there is very, very good evidence. That,
1: Look at that, the great Gothic cathedrals and everything else and the yeah. intricate work and, and how detailed they are, and, and yet they didn't have a hell of a lot
0: of uh... – well, it's, certainly, it's certainly true to say that we lose technology because, I mean, even a very, very modern example, um, the, you cannot now remake the engines, of a, the F-1 engines of a Saturn V rocket. We know we've got the blueprints, we understand the technology, we understand the materials, but our current, we, in the 21st century, cannot recreate those engines. Mm -hmm. The reason being is because many of them were were actually handmade, and we can't just go out and make another F1 engine uh, that we use in the Saturn V. We have lost the technology, and the ability, and the capability, and that works in other ways too. For example, um, I've got a stack of, uh, you know, the old floppy disks from computers, yeah. and I, on that is, is a lot of text documents from from stuff I wrote fifteen, twenty years ago, and there is no modern machine that I have access to or can get access to that can read those files anymore. That information. Well, isn't... if you
1: ever need it, I do have one. So. <laughs>
0: but that, but
1: that you know is, me I never throw anything out.
0: <laughs> but that information is it is it's you know we think that we are the most advanced pinnacle and we look at jewelry from the viking era uh, gold and silver jewelry mm. and they, the the stones that the ancient egyptians and the greeks worked on um and we can't modern jewelry te- modern jewelers can't do it anymore because it's not a technique that we use and it would take you know we'd have to relearn entire uh things that we've forgotten because in our rush headlong into advanced uh civil an advanced civilization we mm. throw away so much of the past and it's we talked about this in terms of uh, ghost investigation um mm. we throw away all of the analog equipment we scrap it it goes to uh goodwill it goes to thrift stores and it's disregarded but we never really understood we never really answered the questions that it posed all of the original evp experiments for the first 50 years of evp research were done using analog tape really? uh, and then we never we never saw i mean we were challenged by the, by the results the voices were were audible on these recordings they were never ex- properly explained and right. yet we rushed headlong to mp3 and digital recorders and threw away all of our analog stuff without ever without ever understanding uh what it was telling us and what information we could get it's the same with photography we did exactly the same with photography we rushed headlong towards digital photography in the particularly in terms of paranormal uh, right. studies. And we were presented with a whole, a whole set of new anomalies, the orb and, and, and such like. Mm-hmm. But we never really – I mean, look at some of the – look at the Brown Lady of Rainham, for example. Look at right. the, um, the great photograph on the tulip staircase at Greenwich with the yeah. figure walking, um, seemingly moving up the stairs. All of those were done with analog cameras using film um, and, and chemicals and now it's gone right we've lost yeah. it you can buy one of Well, two, you still can
1: now but uh, you, can, you can still if you buy look, yeah.
0: you look at the type of film that you that you now go onto the into your store and buy um, mm. and you can't buy many of the films that were re- so readily available in the 1980s the range oh, of films, the range of films um, that are available now are Minute compared to what was available in the 80s.
1: Right, I agree totally. But there is, uh, you know, it's there are. Uh, I mean, well, you look at yourself uh, in in dealing with the SPR. You you and have had talked about devices that you found, and you have no clue how they work whatsoever. No, not still, only because um, the documentation has been long lost and. Uh, okay.
0: We've got the equipment. We've got the piece of uh, what, uh, the, what the one I'm referring to is, of course, the scammel device. Right. Um, and there are other there are other items too, but this particular one, we were able to obtain it. We were able to um, power it up. We were able to get it functioning, mm-hmm. but we didn't have a clue as to how it was used. And that's, you know, I mean, that's kind of sums up a lot of the way that we approach our technology. It was it. It was used It was used with purpose. It was built specifically for a purpose to be used within a seance. Of that, we're absolutely certain. But no information about how it was used was ever recorded or, or right. retained if it was recorded. Now, 50, 60 years after it was built, we still have the device, and it still works, but we don't know what it was doing and what it was intended to we do. We don't even
1: know the mindset system. behind it.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And that's that's kind of depressing, because in a lot of areas of paranormal studies, what we end up with is like a hamster. We're on a hamster wheel where 20 years ago, we first discovered the orb and then we we discovered that the orb was, you know, an entirely normal phenomena. And then five years ago, the modern generation, the next generation of paranormal investigators discovered the orb. And now they're just starting to reach the conclusion that it's um, a normal phenomena. But... They <laughs> yeah. are? Yes, they are now. They are genuinely starting to... Uh, sure. To, yes, I am. I mean, there will always be a hard Because um,
1: I, watch, I watch these paranormal show, and, you know, ghost caught on tape. And, uh, yeah, there's be, odds there. Those are see, ghosts.
0: Yeah, what you're seeing there is not, not uh, a real perspective view of investigation what you're seeing there is a a television entertainment program that will make anything look anomalous because they need an anomaly to make the television program work but what you I mean genuinely there has been a movement within uh, the the, uh, Go Something community now to accept that uh, the Orb is is a normal phenomena but this is the second time around and there will almost certainly be a third time around right because we're not learning the lessons of the past. We're not retaining the information. We're not – so it becomes a hamster wheel.
1: Mm-hmm. And, All right, and... speaking about a hamster wheel, we've got to go, so we have to take a break. Uh, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International, Steve Passen and Ron Kolick. And on the way out, we'll leave you this startling fact, President Reagan – has saved over 77 people from drowning in his life so there you go we'll be right back after the following message. It's right here on toginet and pararex radio welcome to toginet radio with a cutting edge do you have a paranormal event book or something else you want people to know about Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at Comcast.net or call 978 455 6678. and spooky. They all talk ugly gooky. The parra family. The shows are paranormal. Not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal. The parra
0: family. They're strange. Deranged. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous As we give awards to the parra family. Ghost Chronicles International, the show where two old men bemoan the things that they've lost in their youth. Mm. I wonder why why the modern generation keep repeating the mistakes that we learned to avoid. Mm -hmm. Knock us up. Because, I mean, that is the sad truth of it. I mean, in in terms of... uh, so many things, not just paranormal investigation but it does appear that we're, we are on a hamster wheel we go round and round and round making the same mistakes and not seeming to learn from anything because
1: yeah, I think but we have people out there that are writing good books and telling how's, how to do things properly
0: uh, yes there are
1: yes they are like uh... can you name any? I just can't recall off
0: the tip of my head um, no but... No, I'm currently reviewing a book, but uh, really? that is on that yeah. very subject by an American author. Um, okay. But I'm not going to yeah. name it on here because, uh, the, yeah, it's. Uh... You see, one of the failure actually, I'm not going to name the book, but the failure of the author is not the content. The content is actually fine. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a book about investigating ghosts from a scientists So it's a rehash
1: business. of the same stuff we've been all doing for hundreds of years.
0: Um, largely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but that the issue isn't the book, uh, the content of the book. The content of the book is fine. If anybody were to read the book, they would be given good information. The problem with the book is the writing style of the book, because the author, like like a lot of authors, um, fails to engage with the audience, with the readership, and that that's part. Of, I mean, it's a frustrating read from that point of view. Um, because they they write, they're obviously sceptical. They're writing for their sceptical buddies. They're preaching to the converted, and that's not the audience that the the book is is intended uh, for. And that's a great shame because that also applies to to, to many other books and documentaries and shows and websites. Where the author is really writing for his buddies and his pals rather than um, the audience, which would genuinely benefit from it. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense.
1: Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So anyways, before – after we came back from the brook, I – Oh, yeah, Ronald Reagan. No, I I mentioned knockers-up, and you just ignored it. Do you know that phrase, knockers-up? Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, I'm a good northern lad. Of course I know what a knocker-up is. Uh, Knocker Up uh, was a, a man who was paid uh, to go around the, the mill towns uh, early in the morning uh, with a stick, with a fit, with a, 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 well, basically to tap on people's windows to make sure they got up and got to work on time in mm-hmm. the days before alarm clocks.
1: That's right. They actually, in, in other ways, they would shoot dry peas through like a blowgun blow type thing as well.
0: Off. Well, that might be an American thing, but the Knocker Up certainly didn't do that in Britain. No. Okay. Oh. Anyways, uh... I imagine the towns in New England, the New England towns, uh, the mill towns in New England would have had a, would also have used a similar, um, would have had a knocker up. I guess so. Uh, because you know back then, you know you had to be in the mill at six o'clock in the morning to do your, to start your twelve-hour shift, and uh, won't be tight. Tar- and you got your, your wages docked if you didn't come in. But of course, you didn't have an alarm clock. Most people mm. didn't have clocks and watches, and so you relied on this on the watchkeeper. Um,
1: well, they got one from a 24 century that actually had teleported itself back.
0: Yeah. So the knocker up. I think, <laughs> you've got. I mean, there is a there's a a phantom um, that's similar, uh, which I thought you were referring to, uh, which is called the Tommy Knocker. Yes, the Tommy Knocker. Yep. You have them as well. Yes, we do. Yeah, they inhabit mines and tunnels and caves. Yeah. Stephen King, a New England
1: boy, wrote a, a, uh, a ah. novel called Tommyknockers. So. There we are then.
0: Yeah, there you go. So, uh, periwinkle. You, a periwinkle? Do
1: you, yes, do you know a periwinkle?
0: I, I've eaten many a periwinkle.
1: It's a traveling evergreen plant, so-called myrtle or creeping myrtle.
0: Oh, no, no, no. Uh, I, I mean, there is a plant called a periwinkle, but over here, you ask, if you say to somebody, would you like a periwinkle, they'll expect you to give them a small sh- uh, shellfish.
1: Well, according – oh, yes, I know that periwinkle. This is another periwinkle. According to uh, superstition, periwinkle has the power to uh, pertaining to ghosts and witches and, and bereavement, periwinkle, which blooms in five petal blue and purple f- or white flowers – also called the Violet des Jours, uh, French, who cares, Uh, where it wards off evil spirits. It's hung over doorways, and Perry is said to keep out both witches and spirits. That's double duty. And effective exorcism uh, material for demons as well. However, in Welsh, Welsh, you know about the Welsh?
0: I should do, married to one.
1: Welsh superstition. (laughs) If one plucks... Periwinkle off a grave, one will be haunted by the dead in their dreams for a year.
0: I shall order, try that later.
1: In order for the plant to have uh, its magical effect, one must harvest it on the first, ninth, eleventh, and thirteenth nights of the moon. The harvester must not be unclean. Wow, there you go. So, so go, out, I've, go I've, up I've, there. I've, go up there, a, and we
0: well, we have a we have a, an old. Uh, cemetery just over the road. I'm sure there's some periwinkle in it. I'll have a bath on the 11th and nip over and grab some.
1: Good. There you go. See we'll we'll Got to see put it happens. to the test. I think that, that's a great idea. You can report back.
0: That certainly isn't a custom I'm aware of, but there are many, many, many customs uh, that have, you know, uh, not just in Wales, but England, Scotland, Ireland, um, that uh, remain dormant until somebody digs them up and puts them on an obscure website. But I want to go back to Ronald Reagan. You said he saved how many lives from drowning?
1: 77, yeah. He was a lifeguard for years and
0: years and years. Ah. What, even after he was president? No, before that. Oh.
1: Hey, wait a minute. How come we don't have this, Steve? Did you ever hear of the uh, phantasmagoria?
0: Phantasmagoria? Yes. Yes? What about it? What is it? Huh? What is it? Well, I got periwinkle wrong. <laughs> well, tell me your interpretation of Phantasmagoria. No, you tell me yours, and I'll tell you if it's the same one that I know. This. Oh Heck.
1: yeah, because you don't know the
0: answer so Oh, much. here we go. That's that's the old school boy one. Oh, I'm not going to tell you because you don't know anyway.
1: Well, I've already proved you wrong once, and you just don't like being proved wrong.
0: It was... <laughs> you absolutely did. Yeah, I've never eaten it. I've, I've only ever eaten. No, I I
1: totally understand what periwinkle is Anyways,
0: it's a. <laughs>
1: we should have one of these. I don't understand why we don't might have.
0: Might have. Hang on, have a look in the box.
1: You look in the box. Well, you
0: have one. well you tell them what it is, and I'll see if there's one in the cupboard.
1: <laughs> Back to that again. homo had you. Hey, It's a ghost-making machine. Richard Felix has it. I'm sure.
0: Ah yeah, it
1: was used uh, for popular entertainment in the 18th century and through the 19th century. The device was developed by Belgium optician E. G. Robinson in the 1790s and projects ghostly figures uh, for the for people.
0: Isn't that cool? I don't have one I'm afraid. you should have one I, I want have one, one but um... I want one. I've had a rummage around. There's a, there's a glass marble. There's um, oh. magnifying glass, an ultraviolet torch, but oh, no phasm- phantasmagoria. It sounds like Pepper's. It's a, it's a version of Pepper's Ghost, though, isn't
1: it? I think. Uh, I think maybe Richard Felix had must have one.
0: Yeah, possibly. Yeah,
1: yeah. If he it, doesn't, he will in a minute. Uh,
0: Richard Felix, who never answers his emails when I invite him to be a guest on the show. If you're listening, Richard. Who's Tom Parrott? Tom Parrott. Mm-hmm. He's a member of the SPR.
1: Exactly. And
0: chairman of the Ghost Club? Uh ex former chairman of the Ghost Club. Yeah. Born in nineteen
1: twenty nineteen twenty
0: one. I don't think I don't think he's with us now. Bridport Dorset. Yeah, I think he's I think he's left this mortal coil now. Really? Well oh, look so at the got... Sorry? Was it any good? Uh, I never met him.
1: According to this, he collected nearly 3,000 reports of sites around Britain and has investigated cases for the uh, SBR, uh, which he joined in 1964.
0: There we are, before my time. I was only three years old then.
1: Oh, he was uh, researching gypsy folklore. Sounds like a fascinating fellow.
0: Uh, well, I don't think we're going to get him on the show unless, unless we have a sidekick.
1: Well, we could do that. That's not a problem. <laughs> yeah, Peter Underwood, Ghost Hunters.
0: I'm afraid he's gone as well. Bless mm-hmm. him. Oh, no, I get tweets from him all the time. Do you? That's yeah. It. Yeah. Yes, yeah, we get... all do. In fact, do you get <laughs> tweets from Harry Price as well? How did you know
1: that? I was going to tell you that. Yeah, that's pretty amazing.
0: It's incredible. You know, the, the Twitter has transcended death.
1: I know, we found the new EVPs.
0: Hey, speaking of um, t- Twitter, did you see the, uh, the news article about Pope, uh, Pope Benny? No. Well, there's, there's a great footage taken, I think, yesterday um, at, at one of his audiences where obviously people rush forward and they try to kiss the papal ring. You've got to be careful how you say that. But mm-hmm. he's now, in, over and over, he was pulling his, his hand away. And actively stopping them from kissing the ring, mm-hmm. uh, and it the, apparently the explanation is that um, he doesn't want to be—he's not an emperor. He's uh, he's Vic, God's vicar on earth. He is not a Roman emperor, yep. and he wants he wants that practice stopped. Of yeah, he's pretty
1: the, much down to earth. thing,
0: you know, kissing the bishop's ring. Uh, but apparently, the the um, the laity. The Catholic plebs haven't got the message yet and keep rushing, rushing forward and uh, trying to embrace his ring with their mouths.
1: Yeah. Oh, this is this is something you might know as well. Uh, You ever ever hear of the Palm Sunday case? Mm. A unique English case famous in the annuals of the SPR. For it's uh-huh. evidence of survival after death. The Palm Sunday case spanned more than thirty years and involved the complex and ideal correspondence oh, cross- yeah,
0: and automatic yeah. writing. No, it's not it's not the Palm Sunday case, it's the cross correspondence. It's a very, 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 very complicated and very long story. Um that that's um well, we is absolute is abso- absolutely challenging. In fact, uh I, there are many paranormal or psychical uh, uh, researchers who actually can't get to grips of it. It's just so complex. Essentially, the the early founders of the society were uh, classicists and and learned scholars, and they devised this this system and code whereby, uh, if they were to die, they would try to get messages back to uh, the living. Not uncommon. Um, Many places have done that. Yeah, but being being scholars and classicists they they devised this extraordinarily complex system of dividing messages up into uh and then veiling it behind chunks of classical text um
1: you want to explain that a little bit
0: <laughs> i wish i i wish i i wish i could but we haven't got we haven't got 8 hours just to start covering it uh it's safe to say a, a, a series well, of a series of shows. Is there
1: somebody that actually knows some, some information no. about it? We well, can have them on the show.
0: The, 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 one of the leading experts was Sir Archie Roy, but unfortunately he after writing an extensive book on it um, he then decided to go to the other side himself. Uh, but essentially they used a group of mediums um, on both sides of the Atlantic. Um, and The results, uh, which were obtained mainly through automatic writing, uh, look meaningless when you first first encounter them because they are small pieces of the overall message. When they're assembled together, they start to make more sense. And it's been argued by some, some, uh, including uh, Archie Roy who was um, a, one of the you know a, a leading uh, I'm just trying to reach the books um,
1: he, yes
0: but, uh, he says that this was uh, astounding evidence for the survival of bodily death and that these messages could could have no other possible explanation mm-hmm. the problem being is that despite there being a lot of attempts to sort of re-verify the information. Um, The complexity of the cross-correspondence, and this went on, as you say, for tens of years and involved uh, an innumerable number of mediums. Mm -hmm. Uh, The whole thing is just so complex that nobody's ever really uh, properly got to grips with it.
1: It gives a reference as John Belaford... The Palm Sunday case proceedings of the Society for Psychological oh, Research.
0: Oh, that's Should just one. Work. That's just one part of it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's a there's a volume here, um, the Diary of Winifred Coombe Tennant. Yeah. Uh, between Two Worlds. Winifred Coombe Tennant was um, the sister of I think it was Sir Arthur Balfour, who was the British Prime Minister. Right. And no. she was one of the she was one of the cross correspondence mediums who did automatic writing. Yeah. Um. And, you know, her diary, this is just her diary, uh, detailing uh, her, her her part in this whole thing. Um, and this runs to, like, five or 600 pages, detailing the, her work on the cross-correspondence between 1909 and 1924. Uh, Archie Roy wrote his, his landmark book, which is probably the definitive book on the subject, called The Eager Dead. Um, so
1: what were the final... Uh... Well, that's just it. There's...
0: Nobody's ever. Archie Roy is the one that's done the most work on this, and he reached the conclusion that this was fairly conclusive evidence that some aspect of our personality is surviving death. However, there are others who've contested it, inevitably. um, As there always is. As there always is. But it's just so complex that most people. Disregard it. They they never take on the challenge of because it would be a lifetime's work, as it was for for Archie Roy, uh, to try to get to properly get to grips with this. And to be honest with you, the greater part of it probably still lies undone.
1: And where is is all the information at the SPR? Uh, it,
0: it will be in the SPR's main um, archive, or which are held in Cambridge. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would urge anybody, um, if you're interested in trying to get to grips with this fascinating, and I've tried, and you know, I've only scratched the surface, um, but Sir Archie Roy wrote the book, The Eager Dead, um, which is probably the the, the definitive uh, book on the subject. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would read you an extract, but I'm wearing headphones and it's about a foot out of reach. <laughs>
1: oh, so I'm going to buy you one of those remote hands. So that during the show, be, yeah, you I, should I, be able to grab one of those things. And
0: uh, I, I really should get Bluetooth headphones. Yeah, like I have, like you have. I do. But I then, can
1: walk all around my office here. And
0: well, there we are. You see, I can't.
1: I can go uh-huh. in the men's room and. Do what you do in the men's room and still It'll be on there.
0: Hopefully the headphones are on, but the microphone doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> but the cross correspondence really—I mean, it is something that you—you—you you, you can't just—it's um, not like reading a ghost case or something. You can't just sit down and, and read from cover to cover and understand it. Um, you know, it is incredibly complex, as as you, one might expect. And uh, that complexity leaves us open to to challenge and to criticism. But, as I said, I've tried. I have a two-page synopsis here of the (laughs) case. Good. good uh, Hang on. There you go. Whilst whilst you were doing that, I managed to pull the headphones off, and I'm now holding it. The Eager Dead, a study in in haunting by Sir Archie Roy. Um, And, I mean, this itself runs to... uh, uh his 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 analysis of it runs to over 600 pages okay oh, listen. <laughs> exactly um and you know it's like
1: <sighs> well rosemary Guiley gives you two pages
0: right, right. <laughs> well, what did rosemary say she's an expert on everything and she is absolutely she's
1: doing uh the show there with uh paranormal caught on tape her with uh Brian Cano, and they're they're uh Telling everybody what Orbs and args, proof of uh, demons and everything else. It's, it's pretty sad, actually. Anyway, moving right along. <laughs> uh,
0: so. I'm just trying to find a, a, a passage that's readable.
1: I know. That's all right, Steve. Well, this is something we should go back and retouch on another show. I think that's yeah. think... intriguing.
0: Um, it would be, but I think you're going to have to give me a long time to reread this book. Um, because it's been a long time since... Uh,
1: I, anyway, for those that want to Don't read the clip notes at the SBR? <laughs> yeah.
0: um, Arthur Balfour's sitting room seemed to be filled with presences. Such light, such radiances in particular. There was one figure there. Things coming... Out of that figure, such wonderful thing. It was a woman's figure, quite young, dressed in an old-fashioned dress. Lovely quantities of hair gathered around her head. Impossible to describe all of the things that seemed to be coming from her. The massive sureness, tenderness and power. It made everything else in the room appear dead, whilst every form of life you can imagine radiated from her. I told Gerald Balfour that it seemed as if, in a sense... Time had vanished, and that came from mm-hmm. Mrs. Willett, the medium, who was Winifred It's mm-hmm. Pretty cool. It's uh, yeah. It's uh... now uh, she did some of her uh, mediumship, some of her automatic writing, while well, because uh, they had a family home uh, not very far from here right. um, in Cambridgeshire. Um, you could still visit the house, well, you can't; it's privately owned. But the house is still there. Were she did all, <laughs> what she did all of these. Um, uh, her automatic writing and we've spoken off air about um, a connection to uh, those cross correspondence and my fascination with them mm-hmm. uh, which there's no point in going into now but it is a you know, it is something that is fascinating and and uh, you know, if if, if for people, we could never do it justice on the show, we really couldn't. But I would urge anybody that is interested in probably the most astounding uh, case demonstrating or pointing towards survival of death to seek out Archie's book. Uh, the author is Archie, uh, Archie Roy, and the book is The Eager Dead, A Study, A Study in Haunting. Um, it is available. It's it's a recent book. He, he I think it was published a year or so before he died. Um, and yeah, work your way through it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's something I would like to look out in the future. Look into in the future. So maybe even try to replicate some of this.
0: Uh, good luck with that one. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. It's, you know, you're dealing with the complex minds of uh, you know quite a considerable number of Victorian classic classic scholars. Right, and I, we don't. You see, there is lies to part. Of the problem, I think, one of the problems is we don't think like they did anymore.
1: True, so true. That's a good point, Steve. Very good point.
0: And that may, that's what makes it so difficult for us to. It's like when you read the writings of a Victorian author; they use language that that is almost foreign now. The words are the same, but the meaning and the the, uh, the way these the sentences are constructed, the language is completely different, mm-hmm. um, and the mindset is different. And when you when you you're trying to study things like the cross correspondence, I think one of the, the difficulties is I am not a Victorian classic scholar. Um, you know, I'm I'm a, a product of the the late twentieth century, not the nineteenth century, and. I don't think like those people did so it makes it you know much much harder it's like trying to learn a foreign language and uh then obtain a phd in in some obscure subject in that foreign language at the same time mhm
1: it's it's true and the the interesting thing in everything that we do is that we're we're tainted by our own beliefs i mean we, we are tainted by today's modern knowledge versus the knowledge of Victorian times and, and their beliefs, which... Well, yeah, I mean, they, they knew that the Earth wasn't flat. <laughs> <laughs> Always goes back to that, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, you know, there, we, we reached a zenith back then. You know, we, we were on the ascendancy. Science and technology and, and, and so many areas of study were developing, but you know, we're now back to the the uh, the concept of anything peculiar within your home has uh, gone back to the medieval notion of it's probably a demon. Mm, unfortunately you know, that's true. In the Middle Ages, if you if you had strange things happening in your house, you blamed a demon. Or a now- witch. Or a witch. <laughs> Nowadays if you have strange things happening in your house, you call Zach Bagans and he blames a demon. Or a witch. Or Are You no, tell no. me. I mean, have we gone backwards six hundred years?
1: Yeah, but it's entertaining, see. We didn't realise how good them. they how good they had it back then, huh?
0: <laughs> well, as I said, the Victorians were That was free ahead TV. Of... Well, they were ahead of us. And they were more in I, you know, they weren't distracted constantly by the internet and by YouTube and by life you know, they could actually contemplate things in a, in a way that we can't. We're not able to today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't have those same life doesn't deal as the same the same cards. We think that we're really clever because we've got Wikipedia. Right. But w- we don't consider things the same way that they used that they were able to do because we have so many more different pressures applied to us nowadays. So, and they were, just... they were doing some ex- – early members of the SPR were doing some extraordinary experiments in, uh, in translocation
1: and oh, telepathy, things, yeah.
0: yep. and they were getting really quite astounding results that they were reporting, mm-hmm. this idea that they could appear to one another in one another's homes, and that uh, they, they were seemingly, in some instances, being able to do it to order. Hmm, intriguing. And we're not we're not talking about psychics. We're talking about ordinary researchers who, who who sat down and over the course of many 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 months would work upon these ideas to see if they were practical. Now, mm-hmm. if we don't get a result in you know in five minutes, we move on to well, let's get the ghost box out. Yeah, there because are, that's, that's there a are, nice
1: are very few of scientific kit we,
0: that we can well, yeah. use. Yeah. and mm-hmm. it gives us great results. They're reliable. Mm-hmm exactly we can talk to the dead whenever we want to
1: i you know that's the good thing now we have so many of these wonderful devices that we've invented to uh yeah it's you it's know i'm just...
0: so glad i'm so glad that the show's about run out of time because we're not going to get into a rant then about ghost boxes <laughs> ghost boxes
1: hmm. Yeah, yeah we say, do I'm have to, to go.
0: See a yourself today.
1: <laughs> so, anyways, uh, don't forget, uh, Steve will be coming over here to the states in uh, September, 27th, 28th, and 29th. Uh, he'll be at uh, Spirit Quest and uh, go to my website, IndieGhostProject.com, and you can find out more about that, which is getting more and more intriguing. So, IndieGhostProject.com. Yep. Yep. So, anyways, we do have to go, so it's time to wrap it up. We want to thank everybody for listening, and until next time, God stay bless. spooky. Stay well.
0: Spooky. How do you stay spooky? Ooh. That'll work. Good night, everybody. Ooh.
1: <laughs> I actually read a case where a guy did that. Did Put a it white... work? Yeah, he put a white sheet on his head and...
0: and Yeah, I know of a case like that happened in Britain in the 1930s. Yes, he did. Somebody shot him.
1: Yeah, that's a shame.
0: No, they genuinely (laughs) shot him (laughs) with a pistol.
1: We'll have to talk about that, too. That's another good one. All right, time to go, I guess. There you go.
0: I assume we're off the air. Oh, long gone. (laughs)